babes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 it's myself momuzi alongside me as always the one and only mr bj armstrong how's it going bj oh come on well it's all good it's all good you right know, now we watched a little nba action max juice just hit a crazy buzzer beater for the win for the Cavs against the mavericks from behind the arc but victor Wembanyama is doing oh, yeah. You know, is like, doing I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going crazy, there. Crazy, crazy things. I'm not there's, going there. There's a possession here. Eight minutes in the first quarter. He blocks the shot, gets the rebound, dribbles all the way down the court by himself, goes behind the back from the free throw line, a self alley oop, and uh, he gets fouled on his way through. And it's just, you're just watching this guy. And then there's another possession just a few minutes later where he's on the perimeter, a few between the legs, a few crossovers, the step back, and the three just cashing in. Uh, he's throwing no-look passes, and it's like, you know, everyone said, oh, when he gets to the league, he's too skinny, he's going to struggle, and X, Y, Z. <laughs> We've said this on this show so many times, but I'm losing the words to describe <laughs> Victor Wembanyama. Just also, enjoy. That's it. Remember, Just enjoy. remember Just enjoy. during the summertime where I sat on this show and I said, he can be rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. And in my opinion... You know, we made our list of defensive big men in the NBA. I didn't give you my list, but Victor Wembanyama is number one on my list. I can't be. I can't be mad. number one. He for I me can't. is the best defender in the NBA, and I don't I care if people say the Spurs have a bad record because the kid's been playing twenty five games a night alongside who? I'm gonna ask a casual NBA fan to name me five players on the Spurs roster, and I guarantee you, with all due respect to them, that they won't be able to do it. Now, just imagine. If he had been drafted by OKC, just imagine if he had been drafted by basically any team except for the Spurs, the Hornets, the Pistons and the Wizards. Just imagine if he was drafted by any of those teams. That's what I'm going to say. Well, he, he is he is certainly an amazing player, but I'm not going to go there today because, you know, we, now the secret is out. And now it's time to, you know, just enjoy. I'm just going to enjoy it now. We we we've sit, we've stated what we thought at the beginning of the season, and he has been everything and some. Mm-hmm. He's been incredible. He's got so. the second best odds to win defense player of the year right now. Um, EJ, what I wanted to talk to you about today, though, is you know we had a conversation yesterday about the all-star game and the competitiveness. And you pointed out the analytics of the game and how it's changed and whatnot. And today uh, the news came out that the NBA's competition committee have officially begun reviewing (laughs) whether the game has become too advantageous for the offense and whether some changes need to be implemented to achieve better balance. Now, when Adam Silver took over the NBA, the offensive rating across the league was below 105 points per 100 possessions. And since then, it's 115 points per 100 possessions. That's a 10-point swing per 100 possessions. And obviously, teams are taking better quality shots. They're basically taking threes and layups. The mid-range is a good shot if you're a great mid-range player, but for the average player in the NBA, it is to be avoided. Um, That's what the analytics is saying. But Joe Dumas says, this is a topic we're currently monitoring. We're diving in right now to make sure that we're on the right side of this. BJ, what could this possibly mean? What could the NBA's competition committee possibly come up with to curb this scoring inflation. What this means, Mo, is that they're listening to the podcast. (laughs) Shout out to the league. (laughs) For sure. Shout out to the NBA. 
And what this means, Mo, is that whether you are a casual fan, you know, crazy fans like you and I, or just an observer of the game once the playoffs begin, okay? Everyone wants to see competition. That's why you watch the game. Regardless if your favorite team wins or loses, you and I would go to a game, the Celtics versus the Pistons. <laughs> as long as we saw a competitive game, we would feel like, you know what? That's why we came to the game. Now, obviously, you would feel better about the game if your Celtics won, and I would feel better about the game if my Pistons won. However, the competition is the spirit of the game and why you and I would go to the game, why you and I will pay our money to go to the game and respect our time and respect the player's time and, and everything else. Now you can't ask more of that. Right. And if you want to get the results that you want, you have to protect the one thing that is most valuable. The one thing that's most valuable about sports and the sports community is the competitive spirit of the people who play it, who coach it, the executives, the governors, the league. And you have to protect that at all costs. If we want better players, we have to give them the environment and protect the core of what we're all about. So congratulations to the league. Congratulations for them to see the concerns that we all have, I'm not saying anything other than just stating the obvious. Like, I get it. <laughs> I say this all the time. There's the basketball business and then there's the business of basketball. The beauty of it is when the two come together and you get this combination of both. Yes, grow the game. Yes, people want to see amazing shots and amazing plays and all those things. However, if you're going to, play at your optimum level, there's two sides of that ball, <laughs> okay? And the one side that we all know, Mo, is defensively, you have to have an opportunity. Not that you're going to stop anyone, an opportunity to level the playing field on the other end as well. So I think that's great. I love the fact that Joe Dumars has a voice. I think it's amazing. And I'm looking forward to see what they do because that, to me, is what makes this game great. We talk about all the, the wonderful offensive players and all the plays and da-da-da, da-da-da. But if you're going to win in this league, you, you have to get stops, critical stops in critical moments of the game. That's just that's the way the game will always be, paid, be played no matter you know, what rules you're under if you're going to win and, and, and make a deep run in the playoffs. Um, so, like, thinking pragmatically, well, actually, before I do that, let me give you some context for newer fans of the NBA. The 2017 Warriors, when they had Kevin Durant, set the league's offensive rating record. Uh, they had the best offense since the 1987 Lakers. This season, they would be an average offense in the NBA. In fact, last season, the Kings set the record for the best offensive rating this season, they wouldn't even be top five. So we're seeing year-on-year year exponential growth. So what are some of the rules that could potentially be implemented or reinstated if 
these changes are to go ahead. One of them off the top of my head could be the return of no defensive three seconds. What would you feel about that returning, BJ? Well, you've always had a version of the defensive three seconds. The, the thing that I would like to see is one, let's get rid of the zone defense, though. <laughs> so no zone defenses? No zone defenses. No, get rid Why? of Why? Oh, the reason you're going to get rid of the no zone defense is because that encourages teams to shoot early in the shot clock. But we have seen some very fun games, involved, especially the Miami Heat, <laughs> in the playoffs where they have competed well with those zone defenses, throwing different looks at the opponents to throw them off their rhythm. The Raptors in the finals throwing that box and one at Steph Curry, everyone went crazy for it. So you just want to abolish all the zone defenses. There, there's a difference between the elite teams and the bottom half teams. Mm-hmm. When you start playing zone versus elite teams, you, you you can't do that. Why? Because those teams are elite. They're elite passing teams for the most part. They're elite shooting teams, and they're they're going to have a great player. Right? You can only play zone for so long against a Jokic, Steph Curry, because those teams they have counters to everything that you do. That's why they're that's why they are an elite team. So yes, you will play zone defense for a couple of possessions. That's just to throw off the rhythm. If Mo comes down and scores five times in a row versus my man-to-man defense, let's just give him a different look. Yeah. That's just yeah. that's just common sense, okay? If Mo comes down and scores seven times in a row, now let's double-team him once he crosses. You have to give great players and great teams different looks. However, give the defense an opportunity to play the game at the same level of physicality that the offensive player. That's the one I wanted to say. There are so many fouls now where the offensive player is blatantly jumping into the defender or they push off the defender. And as the defender tries to recover, they lean into them and get a foul call or, you know, the, the James Harden where he just rips the rip through that Chris Paul and James Harden do a lot, just no intention to shoot whatsoever, but they just rip through if the defender's hand is out. So they know they're going to get three free throws. Those are the kind of things I want to see removed from the NBA. And, not saying to reestablish what we had in the 80s and 90s, but some level of physicality to be allowed by defenders. Because at the moment, you watch the games and the defenders can't do anything. It's like, I talk to guys in the league and they're like, it's not like we're not, not trying to play defense. We can't play defense because we're going to get fouled out in the first half. Well, you just had such a disadvantage because of the impeding of progress um, you know, there's you have to protect the space of the offensive player, so forth and so on. And the and the offensive players have figured out that they can be way more aggressive than the defensive players. So they initiate the contact, and that forces the official to interpret the rules. And the rules say if you impede the progress, that's a foul on the defensive player. So you know, you just you have to there has to be a balance where the defensive player has to have the same the same space and ability to play just as hard on that end as the offensive player. And there has to be a balance. I'm not saying that one error was better than the other. However, at least you had a chance. I mean, these, and the beautiful thing about it is you will see more, you will see better offensive players because of better defense, better offense is always going to be good, deep, good defense. All right. 
It's just mm-hmm. because you can only do so much. However, if you allow the defensive players to be better, that actually improves the quality of the game because it, it it demands that the offensive player <laughs> becomes better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think the competition committee, you know, led by Joe Dumars and company, I think that will be a step made in the in the in the proper direction. And to give the feedback to where you can balance the game out a little bit. Yeah, I get it. People, you know, I appreciate a low scoring game. Why? Because I I I appreciate the defensive philosophers, <laughs> the defensive philosophy. No, I just appreciate when you come up with a good defensive scheme, it forces you to it forces you to play team basketball. Right now, you don't have to play team basketball to win. Now you can just play isolation basketball and win an NBA game. That was virtually impossible in previous eras. Like it's five on five. It's not one on one. If you want to yep. see a one on one game, just go to a, just go to a park and watch somebody play one on one. I want to see how players utilize a system. I want to see how players maximize or take advantage of matchups. I want to see players call plays during certain moments of the game. Like, I want to see all of that. I want to see teams like, oh, oh, this is what's going on. We have to make an adjustment and make the extra play. A good a good shot to pass that up for a great – like, that's what makes the NBA game fascinating. Now, you know, all right, your turn. Mo, have you had a touch in the last three times? Okay, Mo's turn. I'm chucking <laughs> oh, Mo, you, Yeah, Mo, <laughs> oh, Mo scored two in a row, so he automatically gets a third turn. I mean – all right, I get it. That's the way we play. Mo comes down, has a heat check. It <laughs> just you know the vibes because you know what I mean. Like, yep. It, it's there's no. I mean, it's 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 like it's like dumbing the game down. Mm. Like this game is a very sophisticated game. The NBA game is very different than any other game in the world. And now we've just dumbed it down to where it's to a point now where it's just your turn, my turn. Well, hey, hey guys, we got to get. 45 threes up for the game because that's our that's our offensive philosophy. You know, like I <laughs> just get back to playing the, the the game in a way that involves everyone. And and whether you're a great player, a role player, or what have you, you're still part of a team. And that's what made the game fun, is where you can figure out your role within a team structure well now you know mo you just shoot threes from the corner <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mo most true shooting percentage is like it's 70 percent on the left side he's i mean yeah i mean the things we're valuing things are that we're valuing now it's just it's like makes no sense however that's the game we're in and you know, uh, so that that's good. I'm I'm, I'm well, happy well, for that. Speaking of that, you know, the isolation, heavy NBA, and the crazy stat lines we see now. Did you know it's been this? Is what I read today, it's been almost ten years since the MVP of the regular season won the finals in the same year. Well, not ten years, but nine years, uh, and that was Stephen Curry in 2015. That the regular season MVP won the NBA Finals in the same year. Is that surprising to you? Well, it's not because of how we evaluate. The things you value most, you protect. Again, winning means something. It has to mean something. Winning 
is the most important thing, whether you understand that, you agree with it or not. In the end, you have to ask yourself, why do you play? Why do you play if you don't value winning? Like, why do you play then? Well, what's your answer? If you value the most important thing of this game, then your job is to figure out how can you contribute to that to that bottom line. And now we've gotten away from that. We've all, when I say we, the media, we've strayed away with that. Now it's it's the stats and the numbers and and win percentages. And well, let's let's not talk about the win. Let's just talk about the percentages mm -hmm. of the win. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. let's talk about like everything else other than to value what is the most important thing in this league, which is your contribution to winning. So am I surprised? No. But I would hope that we return back to that because that's what made the game great. Like, yeah, there was guys who averaged 30 points a game, but did he win? Well, he needs help now. Well, now he, he's got to, you know, the team had to, I'll, I'll leave if you don't get better players around me. You know, all the things that were like, no, let's figure it out. Like, that's why you're a great player. Like, how how cool would it be to look at Wimbenyama right now and say, okay, we have we have a potentially, we have, without question now, he's a top 20 player in the NBA right Easily. now, as is. Easily. You couldn't name 15 guys that I would okay. take ahead of Wimby. Okay. However, how fun would it be to figure out the formula and the right players to build around him so that you can have him be the best player in the NBA and win an NBA championship because he has that level of talent and he has the ability to do it. When do you think that'll happen? Well, it, it's because my, my thinking was the reason why he doesn't play many minutes is not just to protect him from injuries, but this season may really be the Spurs only chance of getting another high pick in a draft because after that, he's just so undeniably good that he's going to force them to win games. So well, again, Mo, we, we have to we have to advance to where how we used to look at the game. These high picks don't mean anything now. Like we love talking about them as if you get a high pick, you're guaranteed to get a great player. These players are so inexperienced. Think about it. Wimpyama is a generational talent and he has what 10 wins. Yeah. So by all accounts. If he did, if they did do that, he'll have 20 wins next year. It doesn't, it, it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> if we got another Wimp in Yamo, he'll get 20 wins. Okay. And we're talking about a generational talent. So these high picks and, and the, the, the development of the game, as far as drafting these young players, it's not what it used to be. You're not getting a Patrick Ewing out of the draft anymore. You're not getting an Akeem Olajuwon out of the draft. You're not getting Shaquille O'Neal out of the draft. You're not getting Derrick Rose out of the draft, okay? Or LeBron James. LeBron James, I don't even think, made the playoffs his first year, mm -hmm. okay? So these high picks sound great, feel good. This guy is, you know, he's, you know, he... He he he's he's he he's he what what's the word we like to use? He, you know, he's 
he's crushing the other GMs or whatever. <laughs> oh, no. What we know wins in this league is the following. Experienced players, battle-tested players is what wins. What I would like to see Wimbenyama do, or I would like to see the Spurs, organization. Spurs do, is infuse some veteran players around him so that he can learn from the vets. Like, yeah. think about it. Every great player always talk about the vet who meant most of his career. Yeah. I would love to see him get a vet because he's just doing this on natural talent. Instinct. Like, yeah, imagine if he had someone he could actually talk to uh, other than the coaches. Zach Collins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone like that, that. Yeah. Who maybe who's been a star at one point. Like, yeah. I'm just using it as an example. Like, like, for instance, Chris Paul. That would be invaluable information for him. Imagine if he was able to play with LeBron James, for instance. Yeah. Just for it so that he could like know what it's like and ask the question like, hey, man, someday this league is depending on you to carry this league. What does that mean? Like we just throw these guys out there and say he's going to be a great player. Well, you got to graduate to that. You got to learn how to become that. So I would love to see them infuse, yes, some young players around him. Why? Because you you have to have – everyone has to be on the same timeline. So that's very important for him to have other young players that's on his timeline. But also, you got to infuse some knowledge in there as well. Yeah, and as far as we've got all this salary cap space, they could easily do this. It isn't, it's not yeah, like it's, it's hard it's, for them to do. Yeah, and, and, so, and there has to be a balance. Because I think now the way he's playing – you have to figure out how to get him to 35 minutes a night. If you're if you're going to win an NBA game consistently, your best player has to play between 33 and 37 minutes. I'm going to say 37 may be too much, but 33 to 35 minutes, you should be able to play that consistently for 82 games. Now, once you get to the playoffs, you got to figure out how to get to between 35 and 38 minutes to win a game. Because mm-hmm. the games are played in a, at, at an elite level as far as time. So he's got to figure that out, Mo, to where he can get his body to play 35 minutes a night so that he can have, so he can influence the outcome of a game during the regular season. 33 to 35 minutes. That's how this game is. So right now he's what, probably about 28 to 30 minutes a night? Yeah. He's right. got to figure out how to get six to seven more minutes a night out of his body. If he's going to have influence on the game. Now to me, that will get him to probably 45 to 50 wins. I would say 50 wins should be his barometer. And then from there, you have to figure out how to support him with the right supporting cast to be able to say, how do I get from 50 to 65 wins? I think that's very realistic for him. On a good year, he should be able to get 65 to 70 wins. I think he's that good of a player. Every great player at some point got over 65 wins in this league. I mean, yeah. that's just that, that's just I think he is that good. I, I I really hope I hold him to that level of excellence. So, you know, he has his work cut out, but I would love to surround him with more knowledge. It's always important to surround people who have done something that you want to do or you aspire to do. And I think that's very realistic for him. 
Absolutely. Um, to wrap this show up on a little bit of a lighter note, BJ, did you see the LA Clippers rebrand for next season when they move into their new arena? Their rebound? What do you mean? Rebrand. Oh, rebrand. Yes, I saw their uniforms. I kind of like them. What do you think? I, I do you like see them. the logo and everything? Yeah, I did. I saw it. I saw it briefly. I didn't study it, but I, I kind of liked it. It was very simple. Um, I, I you know I had I've driven by the new arena. It In looks amazing. Yes, it looks amazing. I've I've heard phenomenal things about. It. I was just talking about it last night with some friends about. They were talking about the experience and the. I guess you can. It's kind of a an interactive experience that you have in the arena and so forth. And yeah. So they have heard a fan wall where you have to be, yes. they have like microphones on the seats to see if you're cheering or not. Yeah. I, I heard, I heard it's great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really cool. You know, I already reserved your seat for all-star weekend. I think what is that in two years in, in, in the Clippers arena? Yes. And the Clippers. They arena, got it in yeah. the Clippers. All right. Bet. I'm a be Yeah. There. Yeah. I'll yeah, just send so you, I, I'll just send you the rebrand. Um, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw. So the, the logo is kind of cool. It's like a boat. Obviously, clippers are a boat. Mm -hmm. um, I like that the N in Los Angeles on the logo faces north on the compass that they put inside. I am a bit worried if they lose in the playoffs that this logo is just going to be memed into a sinking ship. Um, <laughs> you know, or the, the only, Titanic. Only you would think of something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already got. I already got it ready, BJ. I already got it ready. Um, you know, I like that they're bringing navy blue as their primary color because obviously ships, navy, it just makes sense. It used to be when they were the San Diego. Uh, the well, San wasn't Diego that orange and black though? The Braves. No, that was the Buffalo Braves. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. So this was this is this is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I like I the jerseys, the, the yes. script font on the jerseys. I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it, but I'm a fan. I'm not that I'd walk around wearing one, but I like I like what they're doing. I think Steve Ballmer right now is might be one of the best owners in the NBA in terms of thinking of the fans. You know, they got a record amount of toilets in the arena, so that <laughs> so no, no, BJ, because this is a real thing. Because okay. unlike unlike you, who has the, the oh, lifestyle of being courtside oh, yeah, in the yeah, box, yeah, 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 us yeah, regular yeah. fans, the guy, the guy who's watched in the box at All Star Weekend. Okay, okay. All right, that was my first time, man. Yeah, Let me yeah, live. Yeah, that was yeah. my first time. Yeah, but okay. but for regular fans, going to the toilet half time can take forever. There's massive queues, so there's loads of toilets. But also, Steve Ballmer doesn't like the fact that in toilets there's often water on the floor from the basin of the sink where you wash your hands. So he has instructed them to make the sinks even deeper for an easier process of washing your hands, which is just an insane detail to think about. But also stuff like the concession stores where you go and buy some snacks during the game are checkout free. So mm -hmm. I don't know how mm -hmm. they're going to do it, but you pick up what you want and you walk out and it just charges your card. I don't oh, know. yeah. yeah. You know, they have stores like that here now. Yeah. Yeah, where you just pick it out and then it just takes your information for free. Yeah, they have that. I don't. I don't. I don't do that because I don't trust it. No, no. But hey, buy as much as you want. But, we'll but, just yeah, but, but this is the thing. The whole philosophy is the average time uh, half time length is twelve minutes in the NBA, and he wants fans to be able to go to the bathroom and buy their snacks all in the space of twelve minutes to get back to their seats. So that oftentimes when you're watching the NBA. At the start of third quarter, a lot of the arenas are empty because fans are stuck in on the concourse. So I like that he's thinking of all these details. He's also How about had just them... get to the game early. How no, about no, just get to but the at game half early? time? I'm saying after half time. Okay. Yeah, get to the game early, Miami Heat fans. But also <laughs> he has his seats on the baseline. So he's 
worked with the NBA and Spalding to create a new type of basket that they're going to have in the arena. So his view isn't obstructed by the stanchion that the basket is on. And I'm just like, he is just me if I was super rich. Like he's just living <laughs> life and just loving it. Like, uh, how how about just move your seat? <laughs> how about just move your seat where the basket is not a problem? Okay, but if that? he moves his seat, the fan who sits in that seat is a problem for them. And that's big money on those seats. Okay. All right. I'll go with it. <laughs> I'll go I, with it. Anything to improve the fan experience, I'm here for. I'm very excited to see it. How I about just to... lower how about just lower the, the ticket prices? That will improve. Oh, it. you know that ain't happening. They gotta pay yeah, Okay then. <laughs> okay. But how I did, I did see, was it the trailblazer tickets today were going for a dollar a piece? Mm, Shout yeah, out to the trailblazers. Just, yeah, lower the ticket prices. That will improve your experience. Yeah. <laughs> But, exactly. but speaking of that, BJ, they're going to track, you know, in the fan section where they monitor how much you cheer, they're going to track how many games you go to. And the more games you go to, the more discounts they offer you on future tickets. So the prices will be lowered for the hardcore Clipper fans. Well, I would say this. They won't be tracking me because I won't be making this information available. They don't need to know how many times I come. They, no one needs that, that much information. <laughs> okay. I won't be putting in my information and, uh, and all that stuff. <laughs> How about that? If you just turn up in a balaclava to the arena, looking hey, like me hey, in hey, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm, it, listen, I'm not passing out my information for free. If you want that. my information, then I got to get something out of the deal. Steve Ballmer, for free tickets, I will give you my information. Don't yes. worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. If, <laughs> Hey, Mo, you're only cheering 67% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Mo, you, you came to watch the Clippers versus Celtics. You cheered yeah. 0% of the time. What's going on? Exactly. Never allowed you know, back in. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> it. Like, what, what is Our this? cameras detected some greed on your clothing. You are never yeah, coming yeah, back. <laughs> exactly. So, but that's cool. I mean, hey, whatever, whatever you like. I just won't be participating in that. I'll just come to the game and watch the game. I mean, I, I go to my fair share of Clippers games, but they don't need to know when I'm coming to the arena. As long as I pay my tickets, pay for my tickets, mm -hmm. which I do, mm -hmm. it's all and, good. And it's now your view won't be obstructed by the basket. It's okay. anyway, I, it's I, the I, 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 if my view is obstructed, I take responsibility and I request another seat. When I go to the next game, <laughs> I just, that's it. It's very, these are like, these are, these are, these are first problems. problems. These are billionaire yeah, problems, yeah, BJ. Yeah, these are billionaire yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. I aspire. Okay. I aspire yeah, to have these problems, right? Yeah, I aspire yeah, to have yeah, them. Yeah, Although, I will say, I think they could have taken a chance to rename themselves from the Clippers. Because uh, so the Clippers what? just isn't a very cool name. But they wanted to pay homage to being in San Diego and the ports and whatnot. Or yes. they could have changed themselves to the California Clippers instead of the Los Angeles Clippers, which might just be better branding because whenever you think of Los Angeles basketball, you think of the Lakers. So, you, you, you know, I I think the 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 winning will solve all of those problems. Maybe winning what, solves all of those. How problems. ironic would it be if they win this year and then they never win again with the new jerseys and the new logo? <laughs> That's okay too. They'll sell a lot. They'll sell a lot of jerseys. You know, yeah. I think I think the Clippers. You know, when it's the one thing I, I I I I've always admired about the Lakers is the Lakers have always had a philosophy that they were going for it. Do you know what I admire like, about the Lakers? The amount of free throws the refs give them. 
Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you, you, I, I just like the fact that they go for it every year. Yeah, well, almost every year. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, even even the years you you say you, you like, we're trying to build a championship. We're trying to put another banner. Well, I mean, the year they had Robert yeah. Sacre starting a center, I don't think they were going for it. Yeah, I mean that that's what they do. So I, I respect it. I, yeah. I respect Shout it. Shout to the Clippers. Shout to the Clippers. But that's another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Spotify and apple and we can monitor how much you're listening to the podcast and how much you're cheering yes. and you can be uh, rewarded uh, yeah, for yeah. it how about that how about that Mo? how, how about, about that? you get that technology you i need know to get steve you, bowman you, to give me who listens to the podcast on the highest volume in their car and then i'll, I'll send you a whole bunch of whatever you want i'll send you some air jordans whoever listens to well to be fair bj at the end of the year spotify rap does show us people who's you know hey, Mo, you never, the most listened to okay this is corny mo if we Go say on. la can we say that's for london and america Yes, that's corny. That's good. BJ, no, no, you leave the branding to me. You leave the branding oh, okay. to me. You leave that to me. <laughs> you guys let us know what you think of that in the Discord. You can join it through the link in the description. Um, but what I was saying is we I do get the data from fans who send in their screenshots of their Spotify. And for all the people who sent in their thing and we were your most listened to podcast of the year last year i saved all of that don't worry there's Thank something you. coming for you i'll be working on it i've been working on it and i want to make it extra special just know this summer there's something special coming your way we appreciate all of you guys and if we yes, are your we most do. listened to podcast well we do episodes monday to friday and in the playoffs we do seven episodes a week so i suggest you tune in every single day and so subscribe wherever you can we appreciate you share the podcast with your friends and most importantly until next time get buckets <laughs>